God wants you to experience the life that He designed. We can't allow life to kill the dream that we dream. Jesus said, I have come that they might have life and have it more abundantly. You will look back on your life and you'll say, man, life is good. The Word of God brings the abundant life into focus and within your grasp. As you listen, open your heart and discover life. Thank you, Jesus. I was thinking about, about Jesus as our cornerstone. And um, some of you may not fully recognize what a, the meaning of a cornerstone. But a cornerstone is the first stone that is set in the construction of a masonry foundation. All other stones are set in reference to this stone. The Bible talks about Jesus being the chief cornerstone. And the cornerstone determines the position of the entire structure. Remember that we are fitted and joined together as the body of Christ with Jesus being the chief cornerstone. Everything we are, everything we do, everything about us aligns perfectly with Jesus Christ. Nothing else can be built on that. There's no better foundation. There's nothing stronger. On Christ, the solid rock I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. And it's so powerful when you think of this in light of the Passion Translation, Ephesians chapter 2, verses 19 through 22. And thinking about this in reference to the body of Jesus and the blood of Jesus. So you are not foreigners or guests. That, that's enough excitement right there, right? You're not foreigners or guests. But rather you are children of the city of the holy ones with all the rights. Hear that? With all the rights as family members of the household of God. My son has certain rights in our house. When my children come into my house, they have rights that no one else can have. I will let no one else come into my house and take from me to use my things. Only my son, my children, my family members, those of the household of God are able to enter the throne of God, the throne room, boldly and obtain anything they ask for. That is you in the household of God. You are rising like the perfectly fitted stones of the temple. And your lives are being built up upon the ideal foundation laid by the apostles and prophets. And best of all, you are connected to the head cornerstone of the building. The anointed one, Jesus Christ himself. This entire building, this is you and I. We are the building. We are what he is building. It's not a physical structure. It is you and I together. This entire building is under construction. Turn to your per the person next to you and say, we're under construction. Now notice, it is, it is because of the blood of Jesus that we have been added to this household. We are part of the bloodline of Jesus Christ. The blood of Jesus has redeemed us from all sin, all shame, all destruction, from hell, anything that the enemy could throw at us. Every lie, we have been redeemed from the curse of the law. What was once death to us no longer has an effect on us. This means that God is transforming each one of you into the holy of holies. 
And if you were to think of the temple at that time, there was the outer court, the inner court, and the holy of holies. And it was a place where they couldn't even go. And then and there, God was beginning to transform them into the very thing that they were unable to touch, unable to see. The place where there was pure gold, the ark, all these uh, utensils and uh, pieces of furniture laid with pure gold, solid gold. And they weren't able to touch it because it was a symbol of divinity, of the divine, of what comes from heaven, of purity. And God was saying, I'm making you pure. I'm cleansing you. I'm making you mine. And you are from above, just as I am. This means that God is transforming each one of you into the very holy of holies, his dwelling place. You are the dwelling place of God through the power of the Holy Spirit living in you. How many received that this morning? God is so good. I put the juice by me and the bread far from me because I thought, okay, I have to do this first. But no, I was wrong. It is the bread. <laughs> I will never live that down. <clears throat> I made everyone drink first, so they had to do the whole service with bread in their mouth. <laughs> but the body of Christ resembles healing. It resembles, the Bible said his body was broken so that we could be healed. By his stripes, we were healed. Our body is whole and complete, free of sickness, free of disease, free of coronavirus, Come on. free of whatever may try to attack the world, our bodies are immune to everything that would try to come our way because of the body of Christ being broken for us. Let's eat together. I noticed that song, As the Deer, was written in 1984, and I think that's about the, the year that my family, my parents, came to this church. And we decided to become part of the family of God. Maybe you're new here. Maybe you've, you're never, you're, you're just entering the family of God. And you are welcome in this place. You are well, I welcome you into the family of God and into Destiny Church. Let's drink together. The juice is a symbol of the blood of Jesus that washes and cleanses us from all unrighteousness. All sin is washed away. He casts our sin far as the east is from the west. God, we thank you today that we live outside of time and space, that we live in a place where you are. And God, we declare today your goodness flowing out of us, your glory flowing from us. In Jesus' name, I thank you, Lord, that you are light in the darkness through us, that your spirit is moving and, and, and your, your glory is increasing upon this body, upon this family and this church. Father, I thank you in Jesus' name that the glory of God is filling this temple, this body, every one of us, God. Let's all lift our hands for a moment. Come on, just receive the glory of God. He's putting his goodness upon you right now. He's putting his life upon you. God, we thank you today in Jesus' name. The glory of God. The glory of God. The weight of glory. His goodness. His goodness shall fill the earth. It shall fill Grant County. It shall fill Douglas County. It shall fill Ottertail County. In Jesus' name. God, we pray for Ashby. Every city. 
Elbow Lake, Dalton, Barrett, Brandon, Evansville. God, we declare the glory of God. Oh, the glory of God. The glory of God. The glory of God. Oh, hallelujah. those voices sing I worship oh I worship you I worship you the reason I live is to your glory fill this temple I worship you your heart's desire God I worship you the reason I live is to cornerstone determines our position. Doesn't matter, God, what may come at us during the week, but God, I think that you are 
your son Jesus has determined our position. And God, we align ourselves with Jesus today. We align ourselves with your word and your ways. In Jesus' name, we welcome you, God. New and afresh into our life. In Jesus' name. Thank you, God. My name is Ryan Carey. I'm a church administrator here and um, coordinate the children's ministry. And um, I'm so thankful to be part of this body. And um, turn to your neighbor and um, say hello, and you can be seated. Hello, everybody. It's good to have you all here. God is good. Amen. amen. Thank you for that one amen. God is good, right? Amen. amen. Good. Good to us, all of us. I have a, we have a little um, special event here that we're going to do. Um, we're having a fundraising or dinner today where we have a mission in India where we have about 16, 17 orphans that we support every month. And uh, today we're raising money for the, um, for the orphans' uh, health insurance. Or he not health insurance, or health something. Um, and so we got to uh, raise money for their upkeep, you know, food and everything. The thrift store does most of that. And then uh, that we have a thrift store in town that uh, we use the money, proceeds to uh, feed them, take care, clothe them, house them. But every, then they have schooling they have to pay for, and then uh, health care. And so today what we're going to do is raise money for health care. But we're going to let you have an opportunity to uh, see our missionary there. Uh, his name is Jacob. We've, we've been in partnership with him since 2006. And uh, Matt's going to ask him a few questions. We hope this will work out. And so, you know, modern technology is awesome when it works. It's frustrating when it doesn't. But we're going we're gonna to go with the whole thing that's going to work this morning. So that's what we're going with this morning. Right, Matt? <laughs> so we just thought that it'd be kind of fun. Um, we just took a couple, three minutes um, that you could see him and uh, just kind of know what, you know, uh, what we're doing there. It's like 17 orphans and, uh, that he's taken in. And um, he, actually what happened was they were, uh, he found them on the street. They, they were a part of an orphanage that, uh, the, the market over there or something had a major crash. And so the ones that were taking care of them, they couldn't do it anymore, so they just left. And so the kids were just on the streets, and they didn't have mother or father or nothing. And so Jacob just said, well, t come on over. <laughs> you know, come on over to our house. And so he just took them all in. And so now um, we've been supporting them since 2006, I think it is. And so um, I'm stalling up here talking about it. But. <laughs> Um, but anyways, um, we just thought it'd be fun for you to see him and hear him. And uh, he speaks good English. Um, actually, um, we were over in India holding crusades. And um, 
we, uh, everybody that came forward to get saved, we gave them a copy of one of Matt's CDs. And so uh, the guy, one of the guys got saved. Of course, he couldn't speak English, but Jacob could. So he gave it to Jacob. And then Jacob started learning Matt's songs and actually learned to play the guitar from that album. And then uh, you should see him play. Now we saw him once in Sri Lanka. Uh, he came over and we saw us there. And he was, boy, he can play the guitar, that guy. And does things that no human on earth has ever done before. Did, did that sound like exaggeration? <laughs> Trying to build this up a little bit. How are we doing? Doing good. You ready? Check. I think we're all ready. All right, take it away. Well, here's Jacob. You want me to? You want? Sure. Okay, so today, um, of course, the kids, there's like, uh, is it 17? 17 children. Of course, we're raising money today. We have a dinner. Can you guys smell the garlic? We're not trying to ward off evil spirits. That's actually, we're having, we're having Italian food, and that's got a lot of garlic. And it's good for your heart, garlic. So anyways, but that's what we're having today. And so uh, there's no charge for the meal, but we're just, you want to make a free offering donation. All the money that we raise above the food will go to uh, providing health, Health care, health insurance, what is it? Yeah, okay, so anything that you give about, it's all going to go to them in the, in, the, um, um, in the dinner, okay? Does that make sense? Okay, we want to receive our offering. If the ushers could please help me, if you're giving cash, we'd like a receipt, just slip your hand up. One of these ushers is giving you an offering envelope. If you make it on a check, you don't need an offering envelope. Just make your check out to Destiny Church, and uh, we'll make sure that you get a receipt for your giving. Praise God. But really, um, you know, be generous in the, in the dinner uh, because it's going for a good cause. All right, let's pray over our offering. Lord, thank you that we can give. We do it cheerfully with joy in our hearts, Lord. We're so grateful for everything you've done for us. We pray that you'll multiply the seed that we're sowing today. In Jesus' name, amen. Go ahead, pass the buckets. We had a great men's meeting yesterday. We had about 30 guys here. We had a great time. We missed all the other guys that didn't show up, but we're glad you're uh, the ones that did come. And uh, we'll probably be having another one, which is encourage you all, all you men to come out for it. The other announcement I have here is that this Wednesday, if you've seen this flyer around the church, it's a vision seminar we start. It's five weeks long, every Wednesday night. It's probably one of the most significant um, uh, seminars that we've done. And I'm not trying to overplay it or overemphasize it, or advertise it, but it's really, it's really going to be a life-changing thing. In fact, it's so important that this morning I'm going to talk about a little bit about vision just to get you ready for it, but it's on Wednesday night. It starts at 6.30. We have uh, services for the kids and everything, and uh, so uh, please come out, and if you, want to, if you want to see your life change radically, this will give you the keys to do it. So it's Wednesday night at 6.30 right here at church. And so, everybody's glad you're alive? Amen. Turn your Bibles to 1 Peter chapter 1. My time's almost gone, so I have to hurry here. Uh, 1 Peter chapter 1. I titled this message, Imagine That. Imagine that. How many have heard that expression? Imagine that. And so um, I want to talk to you about imagination and about vision. They're very closely associated. And uh, I believe that God uses our imagination and he puts in our imagination certain pictures that he wants us 
uh, to have and to hold for our future. And a lot of times what we think is, you know, we, th we talk about, and I think we're acquainted with evil imagination. We know what it's like to have, you know, evil pictures in our minds, uh, defiling type pictures. We know that, what that's like. But that's the negative side of it. There is actually a positive side that God wants to redeem our imagination and put his thoughts and his pictures inside our imagination. You know, the Bible says in 1 Peter chapter 1.13, it says, Wherefore, gird up the loins of your mind. This is the King James Version. Be sober and hope to the end for the grace that is brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Isn't that an interesting expression? Gird up the loins of your mind. That's how the old King James says it. Gird up the loins of your mind. We all know that the loins of your body are the reproduction part of your body. It's where reproduction takes place, the loins of your body. But here he says the loins of your mind. And so that your mind has loins, evidently. In other words, your mind has a reproduction part to it where things are actually conceived. Things are actually conceived in the loins of your mind. And that part of your mind that's the loins is actually your imagination. You know, years ago, I, I, I stumbled on this and I really didn't understand what was happening to me when we first started this church. You know, we just had a, we were in a farmhouse. We just had a couple of people and it looked really discouraging and it looked like impossible that we'd ever have a church here in the wilderness, in the cornfield out in the middle of nowhere. It looked really impossible. But when I would pray, and this is why it's dangerous to talk to God, because when I'd pray, even though everything I looked, when I'd look out, I'd see just uh, negative uh, circumstances, impossibilities. This will never happen, Steve. Never in a million years will this ever happen. There is no possible way this will ever happen. In fact, I don't know if you're going to last any more than another week or so. I think you ought to hang it up. It's crazy. Just tell everybody it was a mistake and whatever. And that's kind of the, the, what I looked at. That's what I saw. But when I would pray, in my imagination, I would see these flashes of pictures. And, uh, and what, what I didn't understand was God was giving me a picture of the future. And one of the things I would see is I would see this road down here because we had a, we lived actually lived at the church here before we built all these buildings, and um, it's all built around a farmhouse. And uh, so I, I lived. We we had our bedroom upstairs where I'd pray, and I'd look out the window and I'd see this gravel road out here. Now, you, when we first started, there'd be like two cars that would come, but in my imagination, I'd have this picture where I'd see car after car after car after car coming down that road, like car after car after car, and I'd see that in my imagination, and I'm going, what does that mean? And what God was trying to tell me that this is your future, Steve. This is your future if you don't turn loose of what I'm trying to do through your life. And so that's why it's so important for us to spend time with God, even if it's just 10 or 15 minutes a day, and say, God, here's my imagination. Here's the canvas of my imagination. I want you to breathe on it. I want you to put your images on that canvas of, of the things that you want to do in and through my life. You know, I, 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 when I was first saved, I, was, um, I didn't like to preach. I didn't like to speak in front of people. I don't know if any of you had that. They say, I didn't know this, but they say that public speaking is one of the greatest fears that you have to overcome. How many ever heard that? And so it's like one of the, I don't know if it's the first greatest fear or the second greatest fear. But um, the crazy thing about it, so I just thought, I'm never going to preach, ever. I'm never going to speak in front of people. And, um, 
And even in high school, you know, when they we do a book report, then you had to do a, ver, a written and then you had to do a verb uh, oral. And I'd always skip school the day the oral report or I'd skip that class. And the teacher finally said, why do you always skip school on the day of the oral class uh, report? I said, because I'm not going to give an oral report. She goes, well, it's going to hurt your grade. I said, so be it. But I don't speak in front of people. But when I would pray, now listen to this, when I'd pray, I would all of a sudden see this flash in my imagination. I'd see me preaching in front of people. In fact, I'd see me in foreign lands preaching in, on stages in front of thousands of people. I would see that in my imagination. And I thought, what in the world is going on here? And then I just, when I go, I quit praying, then it'd go away, you know, I wouldn't see it anymore. And, and every once in a while, I'd see it when I would pray. And I didn't know this, but what God was trying to give me a preview of my future. And that's what God does, is God gives you a picture on your imagination. You could see yourself in different ways, and that's God's design. That's what God has designed for your life, and God has designed for my life. And so imagination are pictures of things that don't exist, but God wants them to exist. God wants to bring them to pass in our lives. I want you to turn in your Bible. So that's the loins of our mind is our our imagination. God wants to redeem our imagination and use it for kingdom advancement. God wants to redeem our imagination and use it for kingdom advancement. I want you to turn your Bibles to Habakkuk chapter 2. And I'm going to read this out of the old Amplified Version. It's kind of wordy, but it's verses 1 through 4. It says in verse 1, Oh, I know I have been rash to talk out plainly this way to God. I will in my thinking stand upon my post of observation and station myself on the tower of fortress and will watch to see what he will say within me and what I will answer when I will make uh, answer I will make as his mouthpiece to the perplexities of my complaint against him. And the Lord answered me and said, Write the vision, engrave it so plainly upon tablets that everyone who passes by be able to read it easily and quickly as he hastens by. For the vision is yet for an appointed time, and it hastens to the end fulfillment. It will not deceive or disappoint, though it tarry, wait earnestly for it, because it will surely come, it will not be behindhand. On its appointed day, look at the proud. His soul is not straight or right within him, but the righteous, just, and the uncompromisingly righteous shall live, man shall live by his faith and his faithfulness. I learned these verses in the King James, and this is a little bit wordier, but we'll live by his faithfulness. And so here's what happened. If you look at the very first phrase, uh, Habakkuk says, Oh, I know I have been rash to talk out plainly this way to God. So you got to read the first chapter to talk to find out why he said that. In the first chapter, it's just a complete complaint. I mean, he's complaining about everything that's going on in his life. I mean, everything is just in the nation. Everything's rotten. It's terrible. They have invading, uh, invading armies coming in and pillaging their land. They have uh, terrible things taking place. They have a drought. They have discouragement. And so he's actually in verse 2 of chapter 1, he says, How long is this going to go on, Lord? How long, O oh Lord? Why do I cry to you? You don't answer me. I don't know if you ever felt that way. You say, Lord, look at all this stuff going on. It's, you know, I have problems. You don't, I talk to you about them, but you don't answer me. And, and all this stuff is taking place. I've been praying about it, but you don't answer me. 
How long will this go on, Lord, and I'll see no relief in this situation? And that's what Habakkuk did. The whole first chapter, he did that. He just he explained the whole problem to God. And he was very blunt and very vivid and very descriptive. And then he goes, I'm going to go and take my stand. Basically, he says, I'm going to go and get alone with God. And I'm going to see what God is going to say to me. And I know God's got something to say about this situation. And instead of God talking about the problems, God doesn't talk about the problems. What God says is, get your pen ready. Get your uh, uh, paper ready. And he says, I want you to write down what I'm about to show you about your future. Because, see, the word vision means sight mentally. That's what the word in the Hebrew means. According to Strong's Concordance, it means write sight mentally. That's what vision is. And so what God did was says, I'm going to take you to a place that's different than what you've experienced so far in your life. You know, your past does not, your past explains you, but your past does not define you. Unless you let your past define you, what you have gone through in your life explains you, explains how you feel today, explains where you're at today, but your past does not have to define you. What happens is God says, this is the situation, but here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to do something so powerful in and through your life It's going to amaze you, but I want you to write it down. I want you to make it so plain that even when people run, they can they can run when they read it. They can actually run. You know, if you can't see very clearly, if you don't have good if you don't have good eyesight or if the room is real dark and you can't see clearly, you don't run. I mean, sometimes I'll get up in the middle of the night. and I, I, I know that, you know, people put projectiles all over the floor or something, you know. And so I go across the floor at night like this if I have to use the bathroom. Do you guys do that? You kind of go like you go like this. You don't run to the bathroom. You know what I mean? You walk like this because you can't see very clearly. And that's how it is. If it's not clear, you can't run. And, and uh, God is saying to Habakkuk, I want you to make this so clear that you can run. I want it to be so vivid. I want you to be able to picture this so clear that you can actually run. And and that's the thing that God wants us to have. He wants us to have a clear picture. And I'm not just talking about spiritual things. I'm talking about even natural things. When you sit down with God, you you might have dreams in your heart. Maybe you you have natural natural debt. You have uh, financial debt. You know that God is concerned about financial debt and that it's not God's will for you to be in debt. Amen. It's not God's will for you to be in debt. And sometimes you have to, you know, you have to curb your spending. But the other thing that you got to do is you have to have a vision from God for being debt free. And so you can find out exactly how much money you owe and you can make this, put this before God and say, God, I want to get out from under this beast, this monster. And, and you can actually put it out there and say, here's how much it is and, and talk to God about it, hold it out there and God will give you a vision of what it's like to be debt free. I'm debt free. It's wonderful. Let me tell you that right now. But God will give you a vision for it and you can actually believe God for it. But that's what Habakkuk was doing. God was saying, I'm going to give you a, I'm going to give you a vision of your future and I want you to write it down. I want you to make it very plain. Sometimes we just say, you know, we, we, we talk in general terms. We just go, my life stinks. I don't like the way it is. Okay, well, how do you want it to change? I don't know. I just want it to change. We're not, we're so vague and we're so, Uh, indistinct about it. But notice how he said, write the vision, make it plain, make it plain, make it clear. As much detail as you can, make it plain, make it clear 
so that you can actually run. And so here's the deal. This is how God was bringing uh, Habakkuk out of this situation. It was going to come through vision. Vision is where it starts. The sight mentally, having um, your, your imagination anointed by the Spirit of God, where God gives you his pictures, that's actually where it starts. Some people say that faith gives rise to vision, but that's not true. Actually, vision gives rise to faith. It starts with vision. In fact, the starting point of faith is actually vision. Because you notice here that he says, write the vision, make it plain. And then in verse 4, he says, the, the just shall live by faith. In other words, faith comes after there's a vision. Because in Hebrews chapter 11, it says that faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Faith is one of the words that the Bible actually gives a definition for. Hebrews or Ephesians or 1 Corinthians 13 is the love is a definition of love, but Hebrews 11.1 1 is a definition of faith. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. One translation says, faith gives substance to the things that we hope for. Hope is like your vision or like your expectation of the future, how you want the future to go, how you want to see the future, how you want it to be different. And so it always starts with faith. It always starts with, with hope. It starts with vision. And then faith comes along and gives substance to what you hope for. How many does that make sense? And so that's why when God starts talking to you, and giving you vision, you should jump up, run around the room, and just be so excited. Amen. It's like getting a pregnancy test when you wanted to have a kid, and then all of a sudden it's positive. You should go, woo, woo. We're going to have a baby. We're not having it tomorrow, but we're going to have a baby because that's the starting point. You know, I want to look out here one day, and I want to look out here, and I want to look at all you people, and I want to see you spiritually pregnant walking around like this. You go, my, you've gotten big. It's growing inside of you. And that's what actually happens. It starts to grow inside of you. And the vision starts to become live. Some people think, oh, this is crazy. Well, the father of our faith is Abraham. And when God spoke to Abraham about being the father of many nations, he didn't just tell it to him in words. He told it to him in pictures. Because one, one night he said to Abraham, he took him out in the tent. And he said, look up, Abraham. Can you count the stars? And God said, so shall your descendants be. And then during the day, he said, can you count the grains of sand? So shall your descendants be. So it didn't matter if he was in nighttime or in daytime. Nighttime, daytime. Nighttime and daytime. Abraham had a vision from God of what his descendants were going to be like. So he couldn't get away from the picture of the descendants at the in the daytime he had the sands of, of the sa sand that he looked at, the kernels of sand. In the nighttime, he had the stars. He couldn't get away from it. He's called the father of our faith. Amen. And so every single one of us, Abraham persisted for 25 years till finally one son was born. And then later he had a total of eight sons in all. And they all became nations. All, every one of his sons became a nation. You know, it's interesting how that uh, I, I heard this about this professor who did a survey and asked people randomly if they had any visions or goals for their life. And 80% of the people that he interviewed said they had no dreams or no visions or no goals. You know what the Bible says this? It says, when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, I'll pour out my spirit. He says, your young men shall see visions. 
and your old men shall dream dreams. If you don't have any visions, I'm thinking, come on, people. The Holy Spirit will breathe life into your imagination, will give you pictures. Do you know that in a lot of ways that we are living in the vision that somebody had for, for America, both good and bad. Some things that are good, people had a good vision for America. Some things that are bad, people had a bad vision for America. And they imposed that vision upon us. 80% of the people had no vision or dreams or goals. He went on to say 15% had dreams and goals, but they never had written them down. They said, yeah, I have some, but I've never written them down. 4% said they had visions and goals. They had wrote them down, but they never look at them. Only 1% said they have, they have written goals and vision, and they review them daily. They look at them daily. Don't you know that Abraham had to look at the stars nightly, and he had to look at the sand daily, he couldn't get away from it. He goes, and this was something that God did to him. God gave him that in a, in, in a night vision, in a day vision. I don't know if we understand this, but this is actually the way the Holy Spirit wants to bring about a different future for your life. He wants to first, it starts, like I said, it starts with a vision, a mental, seeing mentally on, on your imagination, something that is different than what you're experiencing right now. You see, you could say like Habakkuk, you say, everything's a mess, everything's terrible. And you go, God, what is your answer? He goes, I'll give you vision. And I, but here's what I want you to do. I want, I want you to write the vision. And I want you to write it out. And I want you to make it so clear that even if you're running, you, you know exactly what it is. It's not something that you have to think about. Now, what was it again? No, it's so clear that it's very vivid, very clear inside of you until it becomes so large inside of you, it's just like you're ready nine months pregnant. And you go to the doctor, and the doctor says, any day now, any day now, you're about ready to burst, any day now, it's going to happen. It doesn't happen right away, but there's a, a gestation period, even with faith. You know, the, uh, Jesus taught the parable. He said, first it's he says the seed is sown, then the root develops, then the stem comes, then the branches come, then the fruit comes, then the fruit becomes mature, and then the harvest comes. And a lot of times people, they turn loose of their vision, they turn loose of their dreams, they turn loose of their goals somewhere along the line, and they don't let it come to maturity. They don't let it come to fruition. They just they stop somewhere along the line. They say, oh, I was just me having a, a pizza dream one night or whatever. But it's not. You know, like you were listening to Jacob, he goes, I have these dreams. I love when I hear people say they have dreams. They go, oh, great, awesome. That's, a, that's the first step. That's the starting point. It's wonderful when you have dreams. And dreams cover every single aspect of your life. Amen? Amen. And so the dream comes first. And then he says, the dream and the vision is yet for a pointed time. It's yet for a pointed time. See, we don't actually know, like even when you get pregnant, of course, I've never been pregnant, but when you get pregnant, we're not that confused around here. There's just two sexes. When we get pregnant, uh, when you get pregnant, you don't know the exact date of your delivery. Now, the doctor guesses. I don't know if I've ever heard anybody that got their baby delivered on their due date. I mean, maybe that has happened, but it's usually like two weeks for, for, before, two weeks after, a week before, a few days before, I'm 
a week past my due date. They don't know. And we don't know when the vision will come to pass. We just know that when the vision gets big in you and is so large in you that it's more vivid and more real than anything on the outside, you know it's just a matter of time. So in other words, what happens is that the vision gets so great that it affects you so profoundly. It affects you so profoundly. When it affects you so profoundly, you know that it's just a matter of time. And then he says, he says that the just shall live by faith because faith or vision is the starting point for faith. You say, well, how can I have faith? Well, first have a vision. Get something that God wants to do in your life. Faith has to be specific. I want you to turn to another verse over here. Turn over here to Mark chapter 11. I'll bring this to a close, but this is a very good verse. I like this verse. I wish I had more time to develop this, but come on Wednesday night. I, I, I believe it'll change your life. Five weeks, it'll change your life. Look what it says in Mark chapter 11, verse 24. It says, therefore I say unto you, what things soever you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. You know, what's interesting about this verse is its context. What had happened was Jesus had done the triumphal entry into Jerusalem. He goes into the temple, he looks around, sees all the money changers, goes back to where he's staying, he spends the night there. The next morning he's coming back to Jerusalem and he's hungry, he says he's hungry. He sees this fig tree afar off. And he says, he comes to it because he wants to get some fruit or some figs. And there's no figs, it just leaves. And he says to the tree, Jesus says this to the tree. Not talking to the disciples, he wasn't praying. He says to the tree, no man eat fruit of you hereafter forever. And then he just keeps walking there. Can you imagine being one of his disciples? And you go, well, Jesus must be having a bad day. And he's now he's, all right, tree, you're done for. Basically saying, you're done for it. You know what I mean? And then, so they go, it doesn't say anything until a day later, they're walking back because they went home that night back to where they were staying. Then the next day, they're coming back again. And Peter goes, look, Jesus, the fig tree that you cursed is withered away. Now, what I would say to Peter at that point is, don't ever try that at home. <laughs> I'd say, this is not for you. This is just for deity. These are just for the spiritual people. It's not for you whatsoever. But you didn't say that. He said, he said, look, Jesus, the fig tree you wither, that you curse is withered away. Then he turns to Peter and say, have faith in God or have the faith of God. And he says, whosoever shall say, whosoever, how many, how many years are whosoever? Whosoever, whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed, be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe, believe in his heart that those things that he says shall come to pass, he'll have whatever he says. Then he says, therefore I say unto you, what things soever you desire when you pray, believe you receive them and you shall have them. Isn't that wild? In the context, it's just this, Jesus is cursing this fig tree. It doesn't seem like it has any relevance to anything. It's just, and then he makes this statement, whatever you ask in prayer, believe, whatever you desire when you pray, whatever it is. See, desire, that's your vision, that's your hope, that's, your, that's what you want, that's the thing that you see in your future, that's what you desire. When you pray, pray 
Believe that you receive them. Not believe that you're going to receive them, but believe that you receive them when you pray. So what does that mean? That means that you are actually receiving at the time that you pray. And sometimes your faith has to go through a process of incubation. So it's almost like this. If you went, if you saw, how many know what incubation is? Three of you, okay. Let me give you a little little talk about uh, how eggs are hatched, okay? So what happens is a chicken lays an egg, okay? Now, if you're not a country guy, you won't get this very, I'll I'll just tell you about it uh, because I'm, of course, very experienced in this. Because we had 12 egg-laying chickens that ended up as owl, owl meat. But anyways, because my wife thought we should have them cage-free. Cage-free doesn't work. I'm going to tell you this right now. Cage-free, because we wanted cage-free chicken eggs. But that doesn't work. Because cage-free is the eagles and the owls just circle your place constantly waiting for you, waiting for the chickens to come. Anyway, get off that subject. But anyway, so what happens is, is the chicken lays an egg. And then the chicken sits on the egg, right? It's called incubation. Now, if you went up and looked into the eye of the chicken as he's sitting on his egg, you know what the, uh, her egg, let's not get this confused, gender confused here, her egg, do you know what you would see in the eye of the chicken? Chicks. All that chicken is thinking is chicks, 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 right? That chicken has a vision, and that vision is chicks, chicks. We're going to have some chicks here, right? And what, what that chicken is doing is that chicken is incubating. Amen. And that's what I'm trying to bring out as I bring this to a close, is that when, we, when, we, when God gives us a vision about the future. It's a snapshot of the future. When God gives a, he wants us to incubate that. He wants, to, he wants us to, 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 to meditate on that, get scriptures that support it. And he wants us to meditate on that until the vision gets so big inside of us that it becomes greater than any natural thing that we see. That's what the Bible means when it says, he says, we look not at the things that are seen, but at the things that are not seen. It's not that we don't look or deny the things that are not seen. We just don't look at them. We're not, we're not pondering them. You know, when I, I first started taking uh, flying lessons, especially after, after, I, after I soloed, I would go to the airport, and I don't know why, but I'd be driving to the airport and to fly the airplane, and the whole way there, I'd have these images of me crashing. I go, be taken off, and the motor conks out, <coughs> crash. And then I'd go through the whole funeral. My wife's there, and the kids are there, and they're all crying. <laughs> they're all crying. And I'm, I'm going through what songs are we going to sing at the funeral? And, and, and you know, then what? I was, and then I'd go, like, I hope my wife waits a month before she remarries. At least a month. Have some sorrow for it. Come on, woman. In my imagination, I'm going, come on, woman. Wait at least a month before you get remarried. Come on. And, uh, and so all of a sudden, I'm driving there one day, and I'm going, what am I doing? Because by the time I got there, I'm all full of fear. I'm, I'm, I take off in the airplane. I'm all alone. And I take off, and I'm going. And all of a sudden, the airplane goes, oh. It does a little hiccup. 
Man, I turned that play around. I'm laying to this sucker. You know what I mean? This is, it's over with for me. This is, you know, that's, that's what would happen. And, and so finally, I, it, was a, it was a mental, it was a mental battle. I had to change a totally different picture. And so I could continue on and my soul could be at rest. And so it's true with you is that you have to control. You know, the Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, it says, casting down imaginations. And every high thing exalts itself against the knowledge of Christ. And so you got to replace in your imagination the things that are evil. you got to replace them with what is good. How many get, I mean, follow me so far. So let's all stand together. That was my snap. That's my uh, uh, highlight reel of my sermon. But imagination is so vitally important. How many ever, let me ask you this question. How many ever saw something because a lot of times what happens is when you pray, you'll see something. Something will come into your imagination. And what happens is, if you don't know for sure, if you don't know how to handle that, you go, what is this? Or you just ignore it. It's so easy to ignore it. But when you're praying and God starts, how many ever had that happen when you're praying and something will come to your imagination? Something about your future will come to your imagination. Do you know that is, some people say, I never hear from God. You just heard from God. You just heard from God. You say, God speaks that way? Yeah, he speaks that way. Sometimes people look for voices. You know, sometimes you can get crazy looking for voices. But God will speak that way, especially if it's something that is consistent with Scripture. See, some of you probably need a miracle in your body. Do you know that God will give you a picture of, your fu- of, of, of a healed future you. He can do that. He'll give you a picture of a healed future you. You need to write that down. Even get a picture of somebody who's healed and put it up somewhere so you can look at it. Just like Abraham looked at the stars and looked at the sand. You need to see that, have that in front of you and see that. Say, well, that seems crazy. Well, t- tell that to Abraham. He became the father of nations because he practiced this principle. You could see your business prospering, your business flourishing. You could see yourself maybe on radio. Maybe, maybe you have a desire to be on radio or you have a desire to do something. Maybe build an orphanage in another country. Do something incredible for the kingdom. But let the Holy Spirit present your imagination to the Holy Spirit. Say, Holy Spirit, would you say something? Speak Put your dreams and visions on my imagination for my future. That is the starting point for faith. If you handle that imagination, you handle that dream right, it's going to come to pass. Amen? How many of that's good news? You're not without hope. You say, my past stinks. Your past explains you, it doesn't define you. The visions that God gives you will define your future, will define where you're going to go. But you have to cooperate. you got to work with God. You can't just say, well, okay, here I am, and I'm, I'll just kind of wait and just see what happens. No, you have to work with God by becoming pregnant with the visions and dreams that he gives you. you got to work with him. Isn't that awesome? Your imagination is a picture of your future especially when God is speaking to you. Let's close our eyes for a minute. Let's just say this out loud. Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit. 
Write on my imagination. Write the dreams, the vision, the goals on my imagination. Let me see clearly the future that you planned for my life. I know that you want me to live the abundant life. And I'm ready for it. In Jesus' name. Just thank him right now for it. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. You want to sing a song?
Praise God. Well, let's just lift our hand one more time. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for visions and dreams, Lord. Thank you for visions and dreams from the Holy Spirit. Thank you. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you. Hallelujah. Thank you, God. Thank you so much, Lord. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord, so much. Hallelujah. Thank you, God, that we are pregnant, Lord. Hallelujah. With your visions and dreams, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, God. Hallelujah. That which you want to do in our future, Lord. Hallelujah. That great thing that you want to do in our future, Lord. That powerful thing that blows our minds, Lord. That's what you want to do, Lord. We're pregnant with it. Thank you, God, for it. Hallelujah. I want you to be prayed for. Uh, we have some prayer counselors. If you have a need, would like prayer. We have some great prayer counselors here that would love to pray for you and minister to you. So as soon as I dismiss, if you need prayer, if you have a physical problem, uh, whatever, going through some stuff, some pain, you have a spiritual problem, uh, whatever it is, they would love to pray for you. And we want you to be, before you go today, be prayed for if you need to be. Also, we have the dinner, like I said. And so if you can't stay for it, if you got a, something and you would like to give down the hallway, there's a bucket there. I think all the money, you make the check out to Destiny Church, but all that money will go to the orphans and for their um, health care, whatever. So, uh, but if, if you can stay, it's great lasagna. I think it's lasagna, right? Lasagna and some other salad, garlic toast. You can spell the garlic. So ice cream, ice cream, really? Wow, ice cream. Maybe you want to skip the meal and just go for the ice cream. But, but anyways, it's a free will offering. There's no, there's no specific amount. So, but whatever you want to give, just know that the money goes to the orphans. Amen? Well, God bless you all. If you need prayer, please come forward. It's great spending Sunday morning with you. God bless you. You're free to go. Get pregnant. We need some babies around here. <laughs> Spiritually. And I want you to know that he can give you today a new future. We hope this message has been a blessing to your life. A copy of this message and additional Destiny Church materials are available at destinychurchexit77.org. 